All right, rolling, rolling, rolling. We are rolling. So, hey, River, you are four years, six months, and nine days. Uh, it says 11 hours and 52 minutes, but I know the date or the time that I set isn't right. Um, you, other famous notable people born on your birthday, Steve motherfucking Harvey and goddamn Michelle Obama. Um, but this river, this episode is not for you, River. Um, it is for Kelly. Um, so Kelly... You are 41 years, 5 months, and 24 days old. That is uh, 15,150 days, um, 363,600 hours, and several million minutes that I'm not going to take a chance on uh, guessing. Um, Well, I just got home. I guess I'm speaking of both Kelly and River here. Um, For anybody new, this podcast is for my daughter. It's not for you. So if you feel left out, that's why. Um, Also, disclaimer, um, I'm home alone due to some bad stuff. So I can't sit in silence because I am a a schizoaffective um, and the noise in my head... um, is very loud so i have a uh, uh ear pod in my ear and i'm playing some taking back sunday because taking back sunday for whatever reason probably stemming back to florida when i was going to rehab uh the only thing i could get i had time to get on the ipad was one of the or ipod was one of the taking back sunday albums and i had to listen to it that and a book um and i had to listen to those over and over and over when i was in in that rehab um so it's like a safety net um and i need a safety net right now uh so let's start with some motherfucking honesty um i am sober 25 months and some odd days uh let's see i went back to work maybe i'm on monday tomorrow would maybe be like eight weeks i'm guessing if Kelly was here, she would say you were probably totally wrong because being a schizoaffective with dissociative trauma or, or trauma dissociativeness, whatever the w- proper wording would be, um, I disassociate uh, regularly and I lose track of time. Drime doesn't you know, record properly in my brain. But I've been back to work for a little while now and one of the days I got out for whatever reason, I don't really remember why and I probably should analyze that, I uh, decided to go take $20 out of uh, the Wawa um, ATM and I very much remember that because they charged me $2 uh, to do so because Chase does not get along with Wawa um, and there's no Chase around here. I went down to the set in Atlantic City next to, uh, well, I guess I probably shouldn't call out where I went, um, but I went down after work for whatever reason one day and I bought crack and I bought a uh, pipe and uh that's the closest I have come to using in a while. And that was a, like eight weeks ago. It was around my two years um, because I know I wasn't good, uh, obviously. And uh, I sat in my car with a crack rock in my hand and a pipe 
And I sat there and I looked at it. I thought about it um, for a long time. Um, or maybe what at least seemed for a long time. And I uh, decided, thankfully, not to do it. Um, and, uh, but I almost did. Uh, I stared at this for a while. Um, you know, uh, I think also like I was looking at it and I was like, I think I got beat because this doesn't look like crack. But uh, I sat there for a while and, and I shook in fear, um, anger, and, uh, and, and uh, mostly fear at how badly I wanted to. But also I started thinking about like, you know, River. I thought about Kelly. I I thought about how you know I I was like you know what like the the justification at the time was I was looking at the, you know I went and I you know I just kind of like blacked out in like the actual act of doing it as most people I'm sure can re, you know relate to in sobriety like there's a point where you kind of like black out and forget um, or at least your body kind of goes into like survival getting high mode and um you know but i was pretty present but like there was it was kind of like mechanical when it happened i couldn't stop it you know and i knew i could have picked up the phone and talked to anybody but i had to um and yeah so i copped um i found a you know what was a safe corner and sat with this in my hand and realized that i could do this I definitely could. I wanted to. Um, but I'd be lying to Grant. Um, why is Grant doing this? Well, Grant's not okay. Um, you know, his head is a shambles. Um, I'm tired. I'm lonely. I'm hungry. Uh, a lot of... Uh, it's starting to come back to me now. That was around the, the, the last... Uh, upset with mom um river i'm talking to uh i had talked uh, about a year into sobriety i had talked to your mother and i said she doesn't want me to know that i'm your dad um which is incredibly painful but like i also kind of feel like as a you know as a failing her over and over and over again in our, in our marriage uh why would i you know uh push her even further so i kind of like you know you don't know who i am uh i'm that guy and and uh mom has told me that in you know i don't know she laughed about it when she told me but uh, you know maybe it, maybe it is funny to her or i i feel like she was trying to hurt me at the time and i've just never pushed it and at that year uh sober i said hey you know when i get two years because at a year sober i was like you know there's still a very good chance that I'll go get high. Hell, I'm talking about the closest I got since around two years. So, like, I had email. I, I had talked to her and said, like, when when I get to two years, um, can we talk about letting River know uh, that I'm her dad um, and my name? Because you don't even know my name. And um, she said, let's talk about it then. And I had emailed her and I had asked her. And basically, the short answer it was no, that's not happening. And so, you know, that ate me alive. Um, and uh, I had almost used. Uh, I didn't. Um, but, you know, uh, I threw the, the rock out the window, no matter how hard that was, God. Um, 
And uh, I thought about keeping the pipe. I was driving home, like maybe I should just keep this pipe, you know, because uh, what what if? And I threw it out the window. And the and the and the the, the moral of that uh, was that uh, no matter how bad the pain was at that moment, um, I didn't want to lie to myself because I was like, you know what? I could just do this. Nobody's going to know. I'll drive around for a little bit. It'll wear off. Uh, I'll take a shower. I'll go to bed. Nobody's going to know the wiser, but I was like, you're, but you're going to know. Um, and, and that's going to eat you alive and it's going to, um, you know, it's gonna, you're gonna use something else, you know, because I've tried the, the every possible method, pos, uh, every possible, uh, you know, combination, trick, you know, in and out of, of, uh, you know, oh, maybe I'll just smoke weed or maybe I'll just drink, blah, 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 blah. I've tried everything. And, and the only thing that works is Grant not doing anything. Um, I'm not happy about it, but that's, you know, what has worked and, and I shouldn't test it. And that day I came home and Kelly knew something was up. Um, Kelly, I'm talking to you now. Uh, you definitely knew something was up because I was not okay. Um, hell, I sat in my car for what felt like probably three hours staring at a crack rock and a pipe. Um, so I was not okay. I know I wasn't. And she drew a bath for me and uh, uh, bathed me. Um, I sat in the, in there and she asked me questions and I broke, I broke. Um, I let all, I let as much as I could out. Um, I'm sure I held some of it back, but God damn it. I broke. I'm going to move the microphone stand here. And I needed that. Uh, if I didn't do that, I probably would have used again. Um, and then you know, thankfully, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, the universe aligned in, uh, me getting to talk to Ben and starting this, uh, satanic recovery. And that's been really great, like really fucking great. But like in the scheme of all of this, Grant hasn't had, uh, his sobriety, uh, in check. And I'm not like, uh, for anybody that may be listening, it's like, why does he keep calling himself Grant? Well, because I gotta like, when I talk about my recovery to myself, there's Grant, normal, you know, human being Grant. And then it, there's the, the junkie in me. I'm schizoaffective. Um, I thankfully don't have a uh, visual, uh, uh, hallucinations anymore. Um, at least, you know, none that are notable. Um, and, but I definitely still on a constant never ending basis. Uh, not only do I have tinnitus in my one ear, I also have the, uh, uh, chorus in my head. And, and I, I think thanks to Alex and my therapist, we've, we've done amazing work around getting myself to not needing medication to being semi fucking, you know, nobody would know if I didn't tell them because we did a lot of work. So like when I'm talking to like junkie grant, like that's not one of the voices, but like, you know, inside of myself there's like different you know I don't, I don't like calling them people but like there's different uh things going on inside of me because people gives them like power you know um i don't I, I i don't do that anymore um because i'm in control this is a D, d2 dopamine deficiency that's just how my brain fucking processes fear anger it's how it processes emotion man, manifests in uh auditory sounds and other people have their own internal dialogue mine's just 
you know, different. Um, took me a long time to get to that understanding. Um, but so like when I like talk about junkie grant, like it's not one of, it's definitely not one of the voices, but like it's, a uh, another manifestation of myself that, uh, of my personality that's like separate in me, you know, because I got to fight him pretty regularly. Um, the point I was getting to was, you know, um, I let that out thanks to Kelly. Um, I'm very glad. Um, she released that valve in me that needed to be released, you know, because junkie grant hasn't been, um, taken seriously. Uh, COVID happened and, uh, not that my meeting attendance was amazing to begin with, but it was regular. Uh, and you know, my communication with the, my sober network was, was really good. Uh, I mean, if you called new rock and asked him, he would have been like, yeah, before all this, it was good. But you know, um, COVID happened and I stopped uh, taking care of myself because, uh, just fear. I'm sure, you know, so many other addicts and alcoholics did the same. Uh, I'm not beating myself up over it, but like I definitely dropped the fucking ball on taking Junkie Grant as seriously as I should have, especially around my two years. But like, you know, I um, where I went wrong was I COVID happened. Uh, we both got, you know, stuck home. I had just booted up uh, Red Dead and I played that for 17 days straight for about 10 hours a day. And I was sitting playing that game smoking crack in my mind i mean it was it got there was a point where that's all i was thinking of and you know uh when that was happening uh everything was such a disarray uh there were definitely meetings but like you know it was so early that like there was no there there didn't seem to have any uh you know at least in my realm uh meetings or you know people that i was talking to you know there's so much going on just so much disarray i didn't fucking take care of junkie grant and so then i tried to start the uh, uh quarantine satanic recovery facebook and tried to get meetings going and then thankfully you know i was i was you know in that rock and and when i'm in the rock i'm gonna go to the needle uh, you know i was in that in my mind and you know then my gay and ron helped us get the 3d printers uh, printer and then that started the printed forward project um that's still on facebook printed forward south new jersey and and that i'm immensely proud of i'm so proud of kelly i mean both of us uh picked up something that just was not in our wheelhouse and fucking dominated and we helped people and we did and that was good for junkie grant because i had something to focus on i had action i felt like shit i wasn't okay but i had action i had nurses that were calling and needed stuff um and and that got junkie grant uh you know in in line um and then that started to wean down thank goodness because uh you know and and that came with its own bag of you know um struggle itself but that was for for junkie grant that was a great thing because junkie grant needs to do things actively for other people uh or to you know with other people in order to keep him you know uh satiated and quiet and and so normal grant can be the the you know the uh front of the wheel um and then 
you know, work started and because of just that and the stresses of life going back out to work and, and, you know, during COVID, like a lot that there was a immense amount of guilt, so much guilt that I had. Uh, I mean, if there was a nurse that still needed stuff during that, I probably would have snapped in half because I had so much guilt. I mean, the timing of the universe in that situation like thankfully we hadn't had any requests in a while and and i was asked to go back to work because i would have not have handled having to print and go to work for because like work is so pointless compared to helping a human being stay safe and alive um and you know, I went back to work and, and I thought I had this hope that, uh, at two years, uh, I'd be able to tell my daughter that I'm her father. Uh, I really thought that that maybe that would happen, uh, or at minimum that discussion would happen. And her mother, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I have my own anger and I think it's wrong, but I'm not, trashing her she did what she did and said what she said and 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 and, uh you know uh to a certain degree i have to respect uh that because she has been a mom and i haven't been a dad um and then the satanic recovery starts and that's great i mean fucking hell that's been helpful um but my meeting attendance has been low uh you know, I haven't been talking to New Rock as much. Uh, I haven't been calling Cam as much. Uh, I haven't uh, talked to George as regularly as I should. I'm not going to meetings uh, uh, on Zoom. Like for a while, I was doing a lot of Zoom meetings, and then I stopped doing it. And I start to slip. Uh, I, I start to let my recovery slip. And my recovery, like, you know, this isn't a creation of my own, but this is how I like to, you know, visualize it, is my recovery is a, is a home and I have a really good foundation thankfully for the people that helped me during early recovery to build that to get that going and it took a year to get that foundation laid and then another year to build the walls of the house and Kelly was a huge part of that um and and so then let's jump to Kelly uh that's it'll, it'll come together trust me uh and Kelly you know, uh, I think I was nine. No, it was before nine months because nine months was the last big scare of, of using. Um, I don't remember exactly, but I was ten trying to Tinder date. I had a date that night uh, to go to a movie with uh, a young woman that I was talking to. Um, took like three days. We were talking. It was going pretty good. She seemed like not a batshit crazy person because Tinder dating sucks. And Bob called me and told me that he needed my, you know, he needed me to help uh, Mike. Um, for anybody listening not, you know, familiar with any of this, A, go back and listen if you want, because basically episode zero gives you everything. But uh, Mike was her ex and uh, at the time husband, and um, he and I knew each other from the rooms and connected, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I think, uh, he, he was attracted to me, but, um, anyway, he, he had reached out to me and he needed help and he wanted Bob's number and I gave it to him and Bob called me and, and Mike was, uh, you know, needed help, needed a help. So I ditched the date, went to Bob's, uh, met Kelly. We went, got Mike into rehab and I started helping Mike. 
And in the process of helping Mike, I got to know Kelly. And I remember it was uh, St. Mary's on a Saturday. We, uh, at this point, had been going to many meetings, a good amount, enough that, you know, we never really had a conversation, but we, you know, Bob would bring you to meetings or you'd meet us there and you'd be there. And uh, I saw you outside of a meeting um, and I just saw you dejected and broken and hurting. And I knew what was up. I, you know, I remember that so vividly. Uh, because like, I just walked up to you and told you my problems, <laughs> you know, Hey, uh, I'm Grant and I was sexually abused as a kid. I was kidnapped, raped and tortured when I was a teenager due to improper drug, uh, you know, uh, getting myself mixed up in drugs in a way that I shouldn't have. And, uh, it broke me as a human being. And because of that, I have a uh, schizoaffective disorder and I hear voices and I am a junkie trying to do better. I mean, basically, you know, I'm sure I did it a little bit more eloquently, uh, possibly Possibly, uh, but like basically, that's what I dumped on you because I knew you had sexual trauma. And for anybody listening to this, we've talked about it on here. Listen to episode zero. Um, none of what I'm going to dive into isn't uh, you know previously talked about. And I knew you had sexual trauma. Like whatever in that meeting uh, triggered it, I knew that was the problem. And. I knew you, you know, weren't ready to, uh, you know, nobody is ever to talk about it. But I knew if I gave you some of my pain, because like if I was raped several times, but I can use that pain, my struggle to help another person, I'll talk about it. You know, I, I'm not bashful about it. So, and we talked and, and it was mainly about Mike and we went to, we talked for hours and we went to that McDonald's and we ended up getting uh, asked to leave the McDonald's because it was 12, you know, we had already talked for hours and it was solely pretty much around Mike. And like uh, a lot of it was me telling you about, you know, um, my experience because what Mike did to Kelly, Grant did to Fallon and Bob and I had talked about it where he said, you know, listen, uh, it's, uh, not, you know, like, talk to her. This would be a good chance for you to see uh, what you did to your ex-wife and maybe do a little bit of uh, active, uh, you know, um, uh, why is the word escaping me? Um, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, some active uh, amends. There we go. Lost it for a second. Um, and he was like, you know, uh, just Bob knew I wasn't a hound dog so he didn't even mention it um when we started hanging out more uh he was like hey she's in a low place she might you know try and attach to her yours herself to you sexually just watch it you know but he knew oh, that's not where i was so like i've that day gave you uh my side of the story because i was hoping to let you see a lot of it was me trying to like i mean i remember asking a hundred questions about what was going on and telling you why he probably did that because i'm 
you know, the guy that did that to his ex-wife. So I was trying to like give you a little bit of perspective and share my pain and do what AA does, you know, and we went and we sat in my car and kept talking. And I remember there was a moment where um, I had said something about Freud, I believe it was. Um, And I was like, yeah, but Freud wanted to fuck his mom. So maybe we shouldn't take that seriously. And you uh, laughed and I was like, oh, she's a smarty, which I already knew. But like that was me dropping a, you know, little thing to see if you uh, were smart, just because I like to do that with people, see, you know, uh, where they're meeting me at. And I remember in that moment I went, ooh, okay, Grant, you could fall in love with this woman because she's pretty amazing. So you need to shut down that, you know, like it was already shut down. I had no intentions of ever creating a relationship with you, but I was like, you got to be careful. And then we helped each other. And I don't even remember how long, like we hung out a lot. We went to meetings. Um, At that time, I knew the pain you were going through and that I could help you with the uh, comedy series because they had helped me. So, you know, we'd hang out on totally opposite sides of the couch, the couch that I'm sitting on right now. Um, But you would sit on the one end, I'd sit on the other. And we, you know, I made sure that there was like a pillow between and I made sure that I was never slung a signal your way ever. Uh, And you know, we became really good fucking friends and I respect, respect, I almost said respect, I still respect you, um, immensely, um, and then I started to fall in love with you, um, you know, I knew that one night, that first night that we had the big long talk, I was like, oh, it's possible. But then like over time I started to fall for you and I kept shutting it down because it's like, that's so improper, you know, like that's not okay. So I got to shut that shit down. So I tried to then hang out with the other women of AA and you, and I tried to get you to hang out with them. So like you could, you know, uh, create a network of your own, you know? Um, and we just became like, you know, best friends. And then I started to fall for you because Kelly had the world that she knew ripped out from under her, um, bashed to pieces and, and shit on. And she still tried everything that she could to keep it going to keep doing stuff. I mean, I saw that night outside of that meeting. I mean, you were broken, but you were there. I mean, you were trying. You were at that fucking meeting to understand why it hurt so bad. Not as an addict or an alcoholic. That was like the, that was the so admirable thing is like you, you, you were trying to understand your parents. You didn't know that at the time, but you were trying to understand your parents and your ex by going to those meetings. Um, And that's like so admirable, you know, admirable. Uh, It was wild to me. I was like, man, this woman is a badass. Like she has gotten fucked and she's still trying to like, you know, there's no anger. There's no callousness. She's trying to understand. And that is just beautiful. That's what I fell in love with because like you just, no matter what I've seen Kelly go through, she still has love for other people and like junkie Grant, even regular Grant doesn't have that. I mean, I will cut anybody's throat, uh, 
you know, I, that's my go-to. You fuck me, I'll fuck you. You know, I have to fight that off. Um, you know, so it's always like, it's been like amazing watching you, but like you were, I mean, you were pale, you weren't eating, you were not, you were not okay when we met. And I watched you, uh, through our friendship get better. And then, you know, you fell in love with me and I fell in love with you, but neither of us knew that for a little bit. And then finally, you know, we had that night where, uh, you know, you let me know and we talked about it and I don't need to go into the, you know, rest of the detail, but like we, you know, we weighed the options together. We talked about it and, you know, didn't do anything frivolously, uh, because of the nature of how we got together. That was, why I was the way that I was because it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if somebody doesn't know the details, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> seriously, Grant, you know, like you're supposed to be better. And it's like, well, I, actually it was, you know, um, Mike, you found out that Mike was secretly closeted gay and cheating on you for a long time and you broke or that you broke that hope for him and you had to move on and then that's when we you know so that's why i don't have any guilt over it because if we were doing any of that beforehand i feel really shitty and i wouldn't tell anybody but like after that day when you had found when you saw the grinder on his phone and we worked that out together and i mean weeks later that's when you had told me uh that you loved me or that you were you know i don't remember no i don't think you told me you loved me you said that you were you uh wanted to take it further and um what i'm getting to is why i fell in love with you because no matter how badly kelly gets fucked by the world i have always seen somebody strong enough to wake up the next day and keep loving because that's not something I have. That's an admirable fucking trait, you know? Um, and I'm sitting here tonight uh, alone because you're in the hospital. Uh, thankfully admitted to a psych ward. And... Uh, this is the first time since we've met that I will, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I'm, I, we will be apart. I'm pretty sure, uh, because we haven't been apart, um, since we started our relationship. Um, you know, we decided to move in together and we knew that that situation was going to end the living situation. So, uh, you know, we planned and we did good. And right now, uh, I started with my wrong because I want to lay out that I'm by no means a saint. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm sitting here alone. I mean, I dropped you off at the hospital today, uh, fought to get you in. I mean, these fuckers, uh, didn't want to let you in. That really upsets me. Hold on, vape hit. I broke two goddamn tanks today. I gotta buy uh, more backup tanks. Because um, I've been distracted and I keep dropping it. Um, so, I dropped you off at the hospital and 
just barely emotionally made it home. Uh, thankfully, you know, um, Grant knew that Junkie Grant wasn't okay. I reached out to New Rock, I reached out to Cam, I reached out to Carrie, I reached out to Ryan, I reached out to my therapist, and those were just for me. Um, then I reached out to Carrie for you, and I reached out to other people. I pro- Fuck, I probably, I guess maybe I shouldn't have said their names because of anonymity and all that stuff, but hey, first name. I apologize for any well, any of those, if any of you are listening, which I'm going to bet not, uh, I apologize for that and if you want i'll re-edit out your name but uh you know i tonight i knew that uh you weren't okay and we had to protect you but in that i also set up protections for myself and i'm not you know saying i'm an awesome guy by that i'm uh, this all will make sense um The last couple months, uh, the woman that I love is, has been falling apart. You know, again, I started with the story of how I've fallen apart, so I'm not judging. It's coming from a place of, I am, I, you are in a psych ward right now, thankfully, and I'm trying to process the only way I know how, I mean, this fucking podcast started, uh, years ago, uh, the same old Sisyphus shit episode is Grant crying out for help, but not knowing how to ask. Um, and I'm in, 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 an insurmountable amount of pain right now. Uh, and I don't know what else to do other than create something. Um, so yeah. Why not, you know, talk into a microphone in a room by yourself and therapize yourself? Um, we, when we left um, our last living situation, um, I knew that uh, that was upsetting, difficult, probably at the time, the most painful thing you had to do because it was wrapped up around, that place was wrapped up in your old marriage, the marriage that had ended. The divorce, uh, you know, obviously uh, is an emotional thing, but you got through that like a motherfucking champion. I mean, you fucking did a great job. I'm so proud of you. But that, that leaving the house is the moment that I knew that you had something going on and it was get you know it was gonna be bad you know and i was like well you know i may have mental note like okay we gotta keep an eye on this and we moved here and you know uh both of us working at the same job awesome it was great you know um nothing like that can last forever um but uh you know uh really was fun um but I knew that when I, so when I first relapsed and everything ended, um, Fallon got rid of the house we were in. So I never had to go back and pack my stuff, uh, you know, experience that at all. I mean, it was just gone 
before I even got out of rehab. Um, so like, I didn't have to go through that pain and I'm kind of glad because like that going into that home would have been a reminder of everything I failed at. Uh, and us living in that home of your, you know, your marital home was, I know, painful. And, you know, leaving there, I knew ripped up a wound inside of you. And then these last couple months, I've just been keeping an eye on it. We've both been up and down and busy with stuff. Um, work was, you know, keeping us both occupied and busy. And then it was a little bit before March, because I know that's when COVID uh, got us both home. But like when your father passed away, I knew that that was going to be a problem. I had said to you in an argument that I knew work wasn't going to last forever because uh, when your father passed, uh, you went to work the next day and you hit a, uh, that was the uh, second time you hit a car. The first one wasn't, uh, you bumped a pole, not the end of the world. And it was fixed very easily. But that was the second time that technically by work standards, you hit another vehicle. It wasn't good. I never saw the car, but you said it wasn't good. Um, and I knew that day, I, I was like, I, I, I knew you going to work. I was like, fuck, she's not going to be on this planet, nor should she. Her dad just died. I should probably tell her to stay home. And then I was like, you know what? Um, you know, it's probably better that she gets her mind, you know, out of it. Uh, but I knew you weren't going to be there because, of course, you're not. Um, and an accident happened. And, and, and I, I knew that this was going to cause more pain inside of you. And I only know that, and I'm not judging you by saying that, because I am a victim of two different people sexually abusing me. Not my father. Um, so I get that that is a totally different type of pain. You know, uh, psychologically, that is, uh, you know... Uh, a doozy um because you know the people who abused me were authority figure well the one person was um and you know that violates i know that uh you know uh that was somebody when i was a child uh that that was the first loss of complete trust and authority totally you know um and that opened up inside a inside a grant uh from what i can remember you know uh through the journaling and the therapy that i've done you know little grant gets abused um knows it's wrong is too scared to say anything to his parents his friends anybody because it's his fault he deserved it he's not willing he's not uh um, worth love because he's terrible and of course somebody's going to abuse him why I felt that way in the life situation that I was before the hand I don't know because I never felt okay when I was a kid from what I can remember and then that just you know uh, hurts even more and then like you, it makes a distrust in adults uh, that probably was a lot of my uh, rebelling, you know, looking back on it. I mean, I've always rebelled anybody that told me to do something, and it's probably because, you know, I don't 
I, because that happened to me. Um, and then to have that be your dad, uh, with what happened with you, like, fuck, you know, that's like that times a hundred. Uh, and then like, I think about it, like if I know who abused me, I know, uh, you know, where they are, uh, you know, I can, I can, if I wanted to, I could find them online, you know, and, uh, I don't need to, nor do I want to, nor do I even think about it other than the fact that I tried to see if he's around any other kids. When I finally did accept it, uh, I looked into it and I, you know, I said, okay, if he know if he's around any other kids, then I need to, you know, uh, do something. But he, from what I found out, it's not, he's not. Um, but if he died, uh, I, you know, I mean, saying this now, because I've, I've gone through so much therapy, and I'm pretty just, I you know, I've resolved that as much as it's going to be resolved, um, as much as you can resolve any of that. But I mean, you know, I've done the work, and, and it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it does. Um, the trying, like, putting myself in your shoes of like, you know, but like, if he died... I know that I would feel bad because I never got a sorry. Now, Grant, now I've done the therapy and I don't need nor want a sorry because I dealt with it. Uh, and maybe I'll talk about how I dealt with it, but I'm on a track here. Um, and But you haven't. Um, you had these terrible things happen to you. I mean, horrible, and nobody should ever go through that, uh, let alone at your age. I mean, you know, all of it's bad. And then that abuser dies, and you never, you know, you you, you didn't get any resolution. You haven't had any work around any of it, you know. Uh, I think probably most of the work that you've done is with me just talking to me about it because I know it's eating you alive because I've fucking been through it it's the reason i walked up to you that day and talked to you because i knew that was the problem i knew that was in the surface you didn't even have to tell me and i knew that you were abused as a kid because i've been through it i know that pain and it started to eat you alive and i've been trying the last i don't know a month i've been really mean I've been, I've said mean things, and I'm, and and it's wrong, definitely not okay, you know. But also, and you know, and I'm button here, but like, I have been telling you for months. Like, we moved in here and you started to work, and and around the time that you hit the, uh, when you when your dad died and you hit that car that one day, I knew it was because of your dad, because you were not on this planet, because you were. Child Kelly was screaming inside of you. And I know that because I have one too. Uh, and you were doing everything you could to ignore her and keep your life going. And she had a tantrum and accidents happen. And I've been since that moment trying to get you to understand that if you don't do something around this, if you don't actively try and resolve this it's going to eat you alive and you know i've i've tried 
so many ways and I'm not, you know, definitely I've been mean to you and said mean things and it's wholly to try and shock you because the last several weeks you have not been okay. Then you hate another car at work because you're not on this planet because you're stressed and wrapped around all of that because child Kelly is screaming at you and and another accident happened and, and, you know, they had to let you go because of it and whatever, that's fine. You know, work is work. Uh, You know, jobs come and go. Um, I'm not angry about that. But I've definitely been angry at you for not, like, accepting it. And today, we had a a pretty big argument. Because I woke up and saw that Kelly, uh, adult Kelly, told little Kelly to take the back seat and... You know, again, and uh, I know that that doesn't work. Uh, we we both have seen the results that that doesn't work, and I have uh, I have to worry about my sobriety. And Thursday uh, of last week, um, my pain came back. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually even really talked about it on here, River, but uh, I have degenerative disease in my lower lumbar spine, primarily in my L4, L5. I have a joint disease that's, you know, uh, wearing down my body and it's in my spine. I had surgery a couple of years ago to re- remediate it, but it's a temporary band-aided fix because the insurance wouldn't, you know, improve any further. And the doctor told me, we have no idea how long it's going to last. Uh, it could be a year, it could be five years, but one day we're going to be back to the pain. And I haven't felt, I mean, you could have touched my lower back and I could not feel it because they, you know, fried the nerves. And Thursday, I, uh, uh, the pain came back. Um, it's not consistent, but it came back. I haven't felt it in years. I lived in excruciating, terrible pain, uh, constant pain. I mean, it's not excruciating. It's not like crippling. Sometimes it is, but it's just like it's excruciating in the fact that it's an all-day, never-ending pain. And then every once in a while, it like screams, you know, like, ah, and it's very, very painful. And I lose the ability to use my legs properly and stuff like that. Um, and that happened, uh, five times at work, I was walking and almost fell over because for whatever reason that day, the pain came back and I was not okay. Uh, you came and picked me up and you saw me crying in the passenger seat and you touched me and I told you, please, I'm not okay. Mainly I didn't want you to touch me cause I, you know, I was tensing, but I told you I'm not okay. I don't want to talk about it. Just get me home. Drive like you have eggs on the top of the car. Um, And then you lost your job because of the accident. Um, And I get that you have to tell me that and we have to deal with that. Uh, But we had another argument and and, uh, I was not protecting Junkie Grant enough. And I got in the car and started driving to the set. Uh, again, because I was not protecting Junkie Grant properly. Uh, and thankfully, the sober coins that I've been making for these people 
uh, kept me in line because I started driving. I saw the Enlightened Solutions van, which I hate that fucking rehab. Um, it it like pull, it didn't cut me off, but it like pulled out in front of me a little bit quicker than you know, like with a little bit less. It was you know. Uh, probably not you know it wasn't cutting me off but it shouldn't have done that um and enough that it, like i had to hit the brakes and i looked at it and i was like fuck enlightened solutions god i hated that place so much and man you know things suck right now but like it really sucked then and i had to work so hard to get back to being okay uh i probably shouldn't do this and i was driving and the thing that i thought of was you know, I write a little note to these people uh, in every coin that I make, and I tell them how, uh, you know, I appreciate and care for them. Uh, even though we've never met and probably never will, uh, I believe in your sobriety. Uh, and I, if in struggle, times of struggle, I hope that you grab this coin and grip it tight and know somebody loves you. Those aren't word for word, but that's basically the message that I give. Uh, because for Grant, Junkie Grant, um, he doesn't give a fuck about River. He doesn't give a fuck about Kelly. He doesn't give a fuck about mom or dad or anybody. I will cut your throat if you're in the way of my using. But for whatever reason, the people who didn't, who, who don't have to love me, um, but did, uh, are the ones that stopped me from using because uh, I've had three major calls uh, in these last uh, 25 months of sobriety, and each time it was the people that didn't uh, have to love me that stopped me. And I thought about that, and, and I thought about how that's a two-way street, that, that idea that I put in there, because they reached out to me and either paid me or asked me to give them a coin to commemorate the most important thing in their life and i made it and sent them a note and said i care and love love you and if you're ever struggling hold this tight and if i go and use i'm not only spitting on every single person that i did that for i'm not listening to my own advice so you know, because it's two-way. It's not a one-way thing. Like, hey, I care about you. The care and love comes back. And so I went home. I, well, I bought three candy bars, and I, I ate them. And then I went home and went to bed. And we had a good talk Friday. Uh, you know, I feel like we really made headway. Vape hit again. I was obnoxious about it, and I did it in the microphone. Um. We had a great talk, and, uh, you know, over the last couple months, I've been getting angry um, slowly, you know? Like, I haven't been mean, and, uh, you know, up until recently, because I've been telling you something's wrong for months in various fucking ways, and nothing's being done. And this morning i woke up and i knew that due to the fact that a little while ago i went and bought crack and didn't do it but almost did uh due to the fact that i got in the car on friday and started to drive it was friday or saturday i think it, 
I forget what day, but I, uh, no, it was Thursday. See, time doesn't record normally for me. It's very relative to me <laughs> for any of my science uh, jokesters out there. Um, and, uh, you know, Grant's not uh, okay. Um, my house is up, but like, uh, you know, it's starting to crumble and things aren't okay. And Kelly's not okay. And she's not listening. And this is a dangerous situation now. Um, so today I felt very dead inside. You know, I had to go lay under my altar um, and plead with my Godhead to give me the strength to keep going. Because I realized if something didn't happen today, I would have to remove myself from our living situation and try and help you from a distance. Um, the anger that has come namely in this last week is I have been sexually, physically abused, abused emotionally too, but you know, the physical and, and you went through a very different type of physical abuse. I went through three days tied up, hog tied in a basement, uh, you know, and it was horrible, but it wasn't, you know, years. And it wasn't something that, you know, although, you know, I looked over my shoulder and still do to a certain extent um, because of it, uh, you know, it wasn't at the hands of an authority figure. It was at the hands of a situation I got myself into. One of those people isn't with us anymore. And the other person, you know, I'll probably never run into again, as long as I don't, you know, even if I did, I don't think they remember me. It was so fucking long ago. But like, you know, your abuse was over an extended period of time and damaging. And that is, you know, more damaging, you know, so I get that. But my sexual abuse uh, is kind of similar in the sense that it was done by an authority figure. I, I'm I shouldn't be relating my trauma to yours, but I'm trying to like say that like, although it's different, I know it. Uh, I've been through it. Um, I've worked on it. And the angry anger comes from Grant used largely to shut his mind off, um, to, to shut the voices down. But, uh, a lot of that was wrapped around because the voices were screaming about the abuse I went through and the abuse I was ignoring. I mean, I remember one time coming home from rehab, I was driving with Gay and she had asked me, uh, have you ever been sexually abused? And I just denied it, you know, and and was like, no, 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 no. How could you even ask? Um, because that's how much of a, you know, I had already started delving into that, but, you know, I wasn't ready for my parents to know at the time, but, like, that was still around the time when I was, like, not accepting it, you know, uh, that I was ignoring the child inside of me that was harmed, and I am by no means a trauma expert, uh, but I have sat in 
fucking so many. I have watched people kill themselves because they didn't resolve their trauma. And I have seen people fucking become something new because they fucking dealt with it. I have become something new because I dealt with it. You know, I was kidnapped against my will, tied up in a basement and beaten and raped for three days when I was a teenager. And that did not, I mean, that was, I mean, that was, you know, the scariest, worst moment of my life. But that did not hurt me as bad as the childhood, you know, being a child and being molested or raped or whatever happened to me. Um, You know, I think probably both, but, you know, I don't know, nor do I need to know, Um, you know, but I know something happened to me. Um, At minimum, I was touched on multiple occasions against my will as a child. And that breaks a person. And I've seen, I have, I, the only way I dealt with that, you know, hundreds of hours of trauma therapy, I've done EMDR, I've done, you know, all these things. The only ways that I found to effectively deal with that was I used to take acid on a monthly basis in my basement of my home and and suppress the trauma, at least like blow it out. And then, you know, I last for a little bit, but then I used heroin and I destroyed my life again. Um, but the, 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 the psychedelics absolutely worked for a, a while. Um, and the only other way was accepting it. Grant? You were used and abused against your will, and it broke you. And when I'm saying Grant, I'm talking about little Grant, because adult Grant denied it for so long, and the little Grant inside me was like, ah, you know, I'm hurting. And group definitely helped and all that stuff, but really what got me okay, uh, my four-step definitely had a play in that. Um, Bob definitely had a play in that because I didn't trust men and thankfully some men trustworthy men came around and showed me that you know they loved me in a in a healthy manner and that they understood my pain and that's what was a big part of it but it was doing therapy and I remember the moment it was with uh, it was at a uh, hundred days, and the Kavanaugh hearing was going on. And a hundred and two days, like five fucking times in a row, I would relapse uh, because my sexual trauma would come up to the surface on a hundred and two days. And I think it was like a hundred, a hundred and one. The Kavanaugh hearing was going on, and sexual abuse was fucking everywhere. It was being talked about, and I called my therapist, and I told him. I was broken. I was just broken. Ron had said something that he overheard uh, somebody say, and I only heard that, and it very much upset me. And uh, I called him, and I said, you know, when the fuck is this going to change? And and in in Alex's way, he basically said, it's never it's never going to change. The only thing that's you know, excuse me, pull that back. He said, it's never going to be fixed. I wish I could remember his exact words, but the sentiment was, this is never going to be okay. This is never going to get fixed. But 
you will get used to the pain you're feeling and it won't be as painful. What you need to do is buck the fuck up and keep going. And I know that sounds callous, you know, because it is, but like, you know, it's a keep going sort of thing. And what he did with me in therapy was he sat me down and we went inside to child grant and worked on him. What I was doing for years and why it was manifesting itself in, you know, horrific acts of violence and, you know, uh, you know, drug abuse and all that stuff was because I was ignoring him and I was telling him that he wasn't valid. No, you didn't. That didn't happen. It doesn't matter. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. And until I went to him and hugged him and said, I failed you, I'm sorry, it's not okay, it's not okay, but you're okay, because at the end of the day, I am, and that was, you know, basically Alex's thing, because at the time, we were doing all the therapy, and going to Little Grant, and like, you know, doing all that work, and you know, the that's what it was is you know yeah acknowledge it accept it and accepting is like such a hard thing to understand you know i mean fuck it's a goddamn first step and it you know still confounds me but this is what i've been screaming at you for a, a while uh not screaming i've been you know i feel as if i've been screaming at you uh but i've been trying to get you to understand that your little kelly isn't okay and I can't tell her it's going to be okay. I can't tell her Big Kelly got through it. But I remember I wrote in my journal, and, and you, I believe, read it. Um, if you, you know, read the one journal, I wrote down the day that I was kidnapped to the day that I escaped. And I wrote down everything that I could remember because I was doing exposure therapy with a therapist at the time. And it was horrible. Uh, and I relived it and I went to group, uh, you know, my session with them and, uh, she, she looked at me after reading it and said, yeah, but you're here. And I don't know why, but that clicked for me. Um, that, yeah, that was the worst experience of my life and I'm okay. And that's acceptance, you know, like being able to openly talk about it. I'm not saying when, you know, that I want you to be able to freely fucking talk about your physical, mental, and emotional fucking abuse. Um, but being able to talk about it with yourself, um, kind of ironic to be saying as a fucking schizoaffective who fights not to talk to the voices in his head because if I do I lose control of you know who's holding the wheel at the time but like you know I do have a one-sided uh conversation with uh not the voices but with the the pain um that's the only way I got better and like what you have in front of you is going to be a long road and and I 
have been telling you the last couple of days that I may have to leave you and, and in your emotional state, you're not hearing what I'm saying. I love Kelly so much. My heart is feeling as if it's getting squeezed. Uh, my skin is crawling. I mean, I'm in so much pain right now because you're not here. Um, I'm only okay because I'm talking about it with the internal, uh, you know, I'm basically talking to myself right now, even though like I know I'm recording into a microphone to River and Kelly, but like, hey, let's get honest. River, when I'm talking to her in this goddamn microphone, it's talking to the river in my head, uh, the, the child river inside of me. So I'm literally talking to myself, um, just not you know, uh, there's no feedback during this for whatever. She only talks to me when I write. Um, and so that's why I'm, that's the only reason I'm okay. Um, but I'm not going to be okay. I'm going to lay in bed and I'm, I'm going to break down and, 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 uh, I'm not going to be able to go to work tomorrow. I'm going to try. Uh, my boss already said, uh, you know, take the day, but I'd rather take, I'm hoping to take the day with, uh, somebody that I need to take the day with on Tuesday. Um, but realistically, I'm not going to make it through the night, um, in, in, in emotional stability. I'm probably going to have to break out my journal and write, uh, because the voices are going to be so loud, uh, because you're not here, but I'm going to work on it. You know, I've been, I've been saying to you the last month that like, we might have to end this, but I don't, you're not hearing what I'm saying is this the manifestation of what we are right now i don't i want to marry kelly i want to spend the rest of my fucking life with her i want to be with her forever in the the you know physical manifestation excuse me manifestation of what we have um but if i have to end that that means me physically distancing myself from a dangerous situation and protecting the addict in me because I didn't the other day and I got in a car and started to, to drive to make a bad decision because I'm trying to give or being, you know, pulled by you who's not okay and I'm not okay and that's not a good situation to be in. So what I was trying, what I've been saying and you haven't been listening is I might have to end this manifestation until you get better but I will help you get better. I have been through the experiences you're going through. I've been used and abused. I've denied that to myself. I lived for fucking probably 10 years denying that I was even sexually abused in the first place. And that's why I had to do fucking acid on a pretty regular basis because that was welling up inside of me. Little Grant was welling up inside of me screaming out for help. And I wasn't listening, you know, and the acid helped me deal with that at the, you know, once a month or once every other, you know, month and, and, uh, keep going, you know, but that's, you know, until I, and, and, and I ended up doing heroin because I was doing acid once or twice, you know, once or once every other month to deal with the trauma and it got to be too much. And I stuck a needle in my arm again after eight years at the time having not done that. For you, 
not being an addict or an alcoholic, that's not the end for you. You're not going to stick a needle in your arm and you're not probably not even going to drink because you don't fucking like drinking. But the manifestation of that in you is hitting a car and not knowing you did like you did at work. And that's not world ending. But Grant has world ending consequences when he does not keep his sobriety in check. And that's what I've been like screaming at you is is I've been hanging on too long here, really. Like honestly, driving home, like I talked to Cam and like it's kinda like, you know, I've been putting myself in danger holding on so tight. And I'm glad that I did because you're now in a hospital trying to get help. And 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 I hope that that continues. But like I have absolutely compromised my sobriety in the last little bit because I've been holding on too tight. I, in saying that, as I told you driving up there, I will walk with you through the fire and fr- flame and brimstone that this is going to be because I've done it. I know ex- I know exactly the pain that you're feeling right now laying in a hospital bed waiting to get admitted to the psych ward and how hopeless, helpless, scared, angry and frustrated you are. And then I know exactly you're not you're not going to go through it in the same order but I know what you're going to go through when you're up there and then when you get out we you know there's no rehab for you so like you know we got to get going and that's going to be in the next couple days of what I have to figure out to help you because I can't do it for you nor can I do it with you but I can do it beside you and I will I mean, I've been asking to. I gave you my journals, which are the most personal thing I have. The, I, when I write in my journals, I am writing to the river voice. Okay, fuck it. The voices that I hear in my head are. I don't know how much I want to give here because like somebody could end up, it has been twisted against me um, to manipulate me when I gave this information to somebody once. So like I start like a little PTSD like reaction there. Like, whoa, buddy, you know, don't give that information to too many people. But I'll give that I have Little River and I have Bigger River. And those manifestations are directly little grant and big grant and when i write i get to talk to little river which is me talking to child grant um i know this from years of therapy and working on it and when i'm hearing the other one in my head that is teenage grant screaming for help um most of the time we have positive wonderful you know uh, i mean both of them are because they're a manifestation of the damaged grant inside of me they're not negative they're some there's something that i need to listen to because for 
when something emotionally upsets me, the chemical reaction fires off in my brain and the D2 dopamine doesn't hit the receptor in my brain that it should properly or enough that rather than having a, you know, internal thought, it manifests itself in an external uh, voice is what I've learned from Alex and reading about all this. So that is me. And I used to, for a very long time, like fight it because no, it's not me. You know, I had something external installed in my brain. I'm broken. I'm, you know, I'm a government experiment. Uh, But like now that I understand it, I know that that, you know, tonight when I'm driving home and I'm hearing a teenager scream at me. I know that that is the Grant that was raped when he was 17 and scared and terrified and alone. Uh, And I have to address him. And I say him because although I'm hearing the voice differently, I know that's me. And these are the things that with the self-awareness that I need you to try Like, I've been through this, and I can walk next to you, and I will walk next to you, but if you give up, I have to remove myself, but I will still try and help you. But I have been through this. I know what it is. I know it's going to be a long, arduous fucking journey. I know that, but I know that I remember looking back, seeing this broken and dejected woman still fighting. And she had nobody. You know, you didn't have family then or what you would consider family. Uh, And now you have family. And although I've said things uh, that have hurt you and I apologize for that, uh, you have family. You have my family who loves you and cares for you. And you know that because they showed up tonight. Um. You're not alone this time. And, you know, I'm probably going to fail you through the process. Um, But, you know, I fail myself every day. Uh, And that's okay. You know, I I tried to get across to you that, you know, you told me that you feel like a failure and that you failed me and all that stuff. The only... The only thing you failed at is yourself. And when I say yourself, I mean child Kelly. You failed to acknowledge her. And by not doing that, you are burning alive. And I know that because I've done it. I still do it sometimes. Um, I have to actively work on it. I need you to do the same Please, and, I, and I've been saying should for the last several conversations that we've had to try and not to tell you what to do. But like, I think we're at the stage now where I need to say, like, you need to do these things. Um, how you do it, whatever way you do it, you know, isn't my business, nor should I like be involved in that. But like I said, I will be there with you. I need you to do these things or I need to like back up and protect myself i have to because my sobriety right now uh isn't the best um and that's a danger to everybody (laughs) 
uh, you know, um, so I hope that, uh, that rounded to something making sense, um, from where I started, you know, for anybody listening who maybe this doesn't even apply to, you know, um, but I'm assuming if you've listened, you know, if you're listening that, uh, you're either finding it through SEO about trauma or, you know, you know me and, or you've heard from somebody about the topic. Um, you can't ignore it. Uh, every time I ignore it, it causes a problem in my life. Uh, I did it, Kelly. Okay. I did it with you this weekend. Thursday, teenage Grant was screaming at me, telling me it wasn't okay, that he, that doom and gloom was coming because I hadn't felt pain that I had, I, I, I hadn't felt that pain in years that I lived with for 10 years. And I know what that does to me. He was screaming at me. Uh, and I didn't, I half listened. Uh, I tried to communicate to you that I need you to back off and, and do you until I'm okay. Um, but people don't ever listen to, to me when I say that. They don't understand when I say, like, I need to pause this. They just don't respect that. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. You know, it's that's a, a, a frustrating point. And something, River, uh, I will do everything in my power to never do for you. If you say pause, we shall pause. Because I know that when when I'm heated, when I'm emotional, the chorus of cacophonous bullshit is going off in my fucking head and I can't hear anything or think anything, so I have to stop until it calms down. And uh, then I can be a rational adult. Vape it. But this sitting down and, you know, talking is largely just to, you know, occupy my, myself. So when I lay down, hopefully I've resolved some of the issues that they will scream to me about tonight. Because that's what it is, is, uh, is uh, emotionally, I get externally uh, upset it causes an emotional reaction, and if I don't address it actively, it will consume me to the point where I will stick a needle in my arm to stop it. So I have to actively, actively, every day, every moment of the day, fight against it. And it's tiring. And you've seen me do that, Kelly. You've seen me do really good at it you've seen me do really bad at it and you've seen me do mediocre you saw me when we met learn tactics and tricks and you know getting that into place so you know you have somebody that can help you have been in the rooms where although not an addict or an alcoholic you can go to or use the people and get the same love and care and, and you know, uh, family uh, that I needed at the time, you can get that back. I know you can. 
you know, it, it's, uh, that's why I've been so exasperated. Cause it's like, I, I, I don't know how much clearer I can, you know, say it. I mean, you've literally gone through it with me. So if you're not willing to accept that something's wrong and that you need help and you need to ask for help, I don't know what else I can do. But I love you immensely. I mean, today I, you know, we've had bad fights uh, for sure. You know, but I have never, like today wasn't even much of a fight. I have never hurt that bad. Uh, you had asked me once, like, you know, did you love uh, uh, people more than me? And I had said, like, the definition that Grant had of love at that time wasn't even close to what my definition of love is now. So no, you know, um, because love is a never-changing thing in us. But, like... I felt so dead today, looking at you, knowing that you were just ignoring little Kelly and seeing that this pain wasn't going to end and that I would have to remove myself from the situation. I felt empty and dead and it made me feel like even further from river, um, you know, because you do make me feel like, a, you know, at least a little attached to River for, you know, I don't know why, but, you know, you do. I think it's just the female love uh, that I'm so starved for, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, in River that like, you know, you feel that a little bit, you know, whether healthy or not. You know, it's a it's a, a love that, uh, you know, I uh, am starved for because I don't have a, a daughter, even though. I have a daughter, um, but, you know, I've never felt that empty, you know, uh, it was reminiscent, when I went to lay under my altar, it was reminiscent of the time that uh, Robin Yates hire, uh, fire, fired, <laughs> dumped me in uh, high school, um, because I had used at the time, and I got arrested, I think, yeah, I got arrested on the night of her graduation party, doing something stupid, and, uh, um, yeah, drugs have always been a problem for me. Um, but she dumped me, rightfully so. Uh, and I ate, I laid on my bedroom floor and wailed forever. And that was the same pain I had today because I was so overwhelmed and helpless. Uh, you know, I, I, I was wailing inside. Um, and I'm so... All of this, like, I, I, I want to end on that I'm so proud of you. I know, I, you know, I started with that story because, like, I know this badass motherfucking goddamn woman. She is a badass motherfucker. Um, and I know you can get through this. You know, there's no doubt in my fucking mind. Um, I'm proud of you for accepting today that you needed to go to the ward you know, I mean, I was almost giddy driving up there because I was like, okay, great. Like, this is, this is good. This is acceptance. This is great. I mean, this is the first step. It's the fucking goddamn step that, you know, you know is important. Um, you know, because now we can do something together. You know, before I was just fighting against, you know, 
a wall and now it's like okay we can open the door and work towards something so i'm so proud of you you are outside of my mother like the uh the i said like but like you but not like you outside of my mother you are the most important female relationship to me and i say the most important because river as you're listening to this i don't want you to feel belittled or left out or or forgotten because i think about you every fucking day uh, a lot um but like i don't have you in my life um we facetime but you don't know who i am you don't know my name. You don't know I'm your dad. You, I'm this guy that you FaceTime with. And when we were seeing each other, you know, we just hung out. You don't, you don't know who I am. So I don't have you, you know, in my life. I have this idea of you, this uh, hope and desire. And I have a relationship with you because I write to you and I have this thing going on in my head, you know, but that's not you, you know, so I know like, so when I say that Kelly is my most important please don't feel left out river but she is uh you know because i love my mom to death but you know she's uh she's uh she's she's uh gay you know um and for anybody that doesn't know my mother's name is actually gay so i'm not calling my mom gay i'm saying that you know she's being her uh, you know she's being her name she's being gay she's being the entity that she is and uh you know we're probably so like that's why you know we don't get along but like you know i you mean everything to me and i told you today like i will bet on us but you know i need you to throw your chips in too and and i believe that this is a good start to that but uh there's gonna be a lot of work to be done and i will promise you this as long as you don't give up and that being said like there's totally going to be days where you want to give up definitely i get that and you will and that's okay but as long as you don't give up your acceptance as long as you accept that you need help we can work together and move forward uh because that's not a dangerous situation it's totally a dangerous situation if you're not accepting it and denying it that's totally bad because we've been in it and it's caused you to hit two cars at work and and now lose your job and it's caused emotional stress and when i'm saying this i'm not pointing fingers because i've definitely fucking caused stress in our relationship but like this has to be addressed thank god i miss you i don't want to stop talking because i don't want to go lay in that bed alone because I just, you know, I do, I love you so much. I mean, like, it scares me how much I love you. You know, um, you may not feel it sometimes, but like there's, you know, it's it's like, it's scary. I don't know how to deal with it, you know. Um, I mean, it's great, you know, but it's also like scary because there's a lot of things that I would do to put myself in danger to make sure that, you're okay and and that's the heart of the problem (laughs) um heart of the problem in the sense of like you know if you're not i'm not saying that that's a problem that's good to have with somebody but you know 
if it's a if that other person is not doing well and not actively doing something better when you know it's going to burn the situation down the exact situation we're in um but i'm going to end on this that i love both of you river i love you so much kelly i mean i can't put into words uh the depth and value I have on our relationship. Uh, the sex is fucking good. So good. Um, <laughs> but like our friendship, our, you know, companionship, our, our fucking, you know, uh, when things, you know, COVID was a great example. Like, God damn it. We fucking conquered, you know, uh, work doesn't matter. Okay. You know, if you want to fucking get better and start a business, we'll do it. Because I saw you kick ass. I've seen you kick ass. So I know you can do it, but you're, you can't do it okay. There's been so many things. Just like tomorrow, I have to start rebuilding my sober house um, because I've neglected it uh, so badly. Uh, you know, we both have work to do. Tomorrow, I have an 11 o'clock with my therapist. I'm going to hang out with Cam uh, uh, this week. I'm going to talk to people. I have a lot of people that are checking in on me. Before I got you to the hospital, I had several things in place to protect myself. And then when I left, I put... I put out the fucking white flag and said I'm not okay for anybody to check on me because that's what I need. I need you to do the same when we when we get to that point. If we both do the best that we can at the time that we can, we can get through this. I love you so fucking much. So much. River, I love you. Good night. I'll talk to you again. Kelly, I love you. I miss you. I need you. I care about you. I, I'm exasperated at the pain in my heart, even though it may not sound it. I feel empty and dead inside without you in my home, in our home. Thank you.